Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and a blessing to your life. If you want more information about Bethel Assembly, please go to our website, BethelAssembly.info. Thanks again. All right, we are jumping into week two of a series that we started last week that we're simply calling Grounded, uh, the non-negotiables in life. We're taking some time over a series of five weeks to really process through uh, what are the things that I'm not willing to waver on? What are the things that I'm not willing to bend on? What are the things that, that God has placed upon my heart, the line that I'm going to draw on the sand? What are those things? And maybe you've never given them much thoughts. You just come to church You just do the church thing, you you pray, you read your Bible, but you've never really made a list of non-negotiables. We've been building up to this moment for the past six months. We've talked about our encounter with God and with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and now we're going to pull all of this together. We're going to dig down deep and say, God, how does all of this apply in my life today in the year 2019? How does this apply now, and what do I do with what you have laid in front of me? How do I stand solid? How do I plant the roots down deep, and how do I not waver when the storms of life come my direction? What Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, and this is our text for this morning, he says, then Jesus said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. That's hard, isn't it? That is so counter our culture. Our our culture says, if you want to be somebody's follower, forget about that. Be your own self. Do your own thing. Push everyone else to the side. And don't worry about following anybody because you're the one that needs to be the focal point. Right? But that's not the way Jesus wants us to live. Jesus hasn't called us to be the center of attention. He's called us to be a light in the darkness, a hope to the hopeless. So so what do we do? How do we go about applying all of this? That's what I want to talk about this morning. I'm going to take some time today, and we're going to break this uh, scripture apart into four different sections. But let me remind you, last Sunday, we kicked off this series talking about compromise. If you were here, you, you received the, the foundation of where we're headed over the next several weeks. If you weren't here, I want to encourage you, take some time this week. Listen to the podcast. Watch the video podcast. Go on our website and watch the video. Grab a CD in the back. There are so many opportunities for you to grab a hold of this. Stop on social media and watch the message there. Just In some way, somehow, let that message be the foundation of what we're building on over this entire time. What we see in Luke chapter 9 is this. Jesus is ultimately addressing the fact that daily we must make a choice between living for ourselves, which ultimately is denying Christ. Wow, let's pray. (laughs) Seriously, guys, think about that. 
We've got to make a choice between living for ourselves, which is denying Jesus, or living for Jesus, which is denying self. There's nothing in between. It's not a little of here and a little of there, a little of this, a little bit of that. It's, It's all or nothing. It's not a Sunday morning decision, but a daily choice that we must make. I can't make it for you. You can't make it for your spouse or your kids or your mom or your daddy or grandma or grandpa or somebody across the room. It's a daily choice. Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me, they've got to make a choice. Are we going to follow him or not? Very quickly this morning, I want to share with you four steps of being grounded with Jesus. Four steps of allowing the very truth of God's word to dig down deep. The Bible says, hide his word in your heart that you might not sin against him. How do we go about hiding his word in our lives? How do we go about applying? The Bible also says don't be just a hearer of the word, be a doer of the word. You see, all of these things go hand in hand. We can't be a doer if we don't have the word. If we don't know what to do, how are we going to do it? So we've got to allow all that he is to be consumed in all that we are so that all that we do represents him. Are we willing to deny ourselves? Are we willing to turn to Him? Are we willing to take up that cross? Are we willing to follow Him at all costs? Four steps. Number one is this. It all begins with a true desire. It it all begins with a true desire. Look at what Jesus said. If any of you wants to be my follower... If any of you wants to be my follower, in order to be grounded in the things of God, we must determine if we truly have that desire or not. Think about that for a moment. Do you really desire to follow him? Or are you just here because it's Sunday morning, this is what what you're expected to do? Think about that for a minute. Because it's easy to get in that routine. It's easy to kind of get in that rut of just coming to church because it's Sunday morning. It's what I've always done. I don't know any different. It feels weird if I'm not in church on a Sunday. But am I I just here because of that? Or do I truly have a desire, a a hunger, a, a longing... For more of him. If you don't have the wants, you will never have the follow through. If you don't have that deep desire to pursue something, or in this case, God, then you will never, ever, ever acquire it. Jesus lays it pretty clear. If you want to be my follower, what does that word mean? Wants. Well, I looked it up, and Google tells me this. It simply means to have a desire to possess or do something. And I think in this case, in our, in our relationship with God, it's both. It's a desire 
to possess, to, to have, to, to have him inside, to be a part of what he's doing, but it's also a desire to be a doer and allow that light to so shine so that all the world can see. It's both. Do you have a true desire to completely follow God? Now, on your outline this morning, that question is there. It says, do I have a true desire to completely follow God? Yes or no? And I started to put that on your outline as a rating scale, 1 to 10. 10 being, man, I desire to follow him no matter what comes my way, and 1 being, nope, not an absolute bit. But then I realized something. Our desire to follow God is not rateable. It's all or nothing. Our desire with God cannot be, well, I'm about a 7.3. No. It's all or it's nothing. So I ask you, do you have a desire to follow God? If not, can I just be frank with you? Go back to bed. Because you're wasting your time. Your destiny is already set. I'm just being, just being honest and real. Just coming to church isn't going to do you any good. Just sharing those poses that says, I love Jesus. If you share this with 10 people, God will bless you. You know, it's not how this works. Either we truly desire to follow him or we don't. The Bible says, quit playing your religious games. See, the Pharisees in Jesus' day, they were really good at looking good. They were really good at following all of the rules. And I fear that that's what some Christians are guilty of. It's just playing the parts. I know this is hard stuff, guys. But, but I've got to share the truth with you. I've got to share the, the reality of God's Word. Either we want to follow or we don't. Let me ask you this way. How many coffee drinkers do I have in the house? Come on, come on, coffee drinkers. Now, I've noticed something about our coffee drinkers. Uh, there's almost a, a solid line drawn. Now, there are a few weirdos that like both directions of the, of the coffee, but there's almost a, a line drawn between those that like their coffee hot. <laughs> Come on, somebody, preach the word. Somebody, those that like their coffee hot and those that like their coffee cold. For me, I'm not a huge coffee guy, but if I'm going to drink coffee, the more ice, the better. The colder it is, the better. In fact, if I get an iced coffee, oftentimes I'll get a cup of ice, and I keep dumping more ice as I go along. So by the end, it is glorious. How, how many of you are hot coffee folks? How many of you are cold coffee folks? Really? That surprises me. There was only like seven of us. But you know, that's the number of perfection, so that, that's okay. 
let's, let's move on. Hot or cold? That's, that's kind of how, well, let's watch a little video clip and see if this helps us a little bit. Let me get our coffee. <laughs> so if I asked you what your prayer life was like, would you say that it was hot or cold? I don't know that I would say it's hot. I mean, we're like most people. We have full schedules. We work. But I, I would consider myself a spiritual person. I'm not hot, but I'm not cold either. Just, you know, somewhere in the middle. Here you go. I've got cream or sugar if you need Oh, no, thank you. I like it black. Miss Clara, you like your coffee room temperature? No, baby, mine's hot. Let me ask you this question. How many of you like your coffee room temperature? Not, not a single one of us in the house. We, we don't like our coffee room temperature because there's no real definitive line between whether it's hot or it's cold. Now, in, in our walk with Christ, that's kind of what he's talking about in Revelation chapter 3. He says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold, what they just say in the video, well, I, I consider myself a spiritual person, you know, I, I wouldn't consider it hot or, or cold, somewhere in between. And Jesus is saying, I know all the things that you do. You're not hot and you're not cold. I wish you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. One translation says, I'll vomit you up. You say, I'm rich, I have everything I want, I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Let me ask you this morning, we had a little fun with the coffee, but let me ask you, where are you spiritually? Are you hot or are you cold? You see, if you find yourself being lukewarm, much like the coffee, there's no definitive line of knowing which side that you stand on. It's time today, the time is now to decide whose team are you on. Are you a follower of Jesus or a follower of self? I was at a high school baccalaureate a few years ago. And they were asking students to give testimony of their connection with Jesus and what Jesus had done in and through their life, through their high school years, and what that looked like. And this one young man gets up and he gets behind the podium. He says, church and Jesus are important to our family. And everybody is all excited. We're like, yes! He goes on to say this. We give Jesus nine months out of the year. And then he smirks and says, well, you know, the other three months are given to baseball. I sat there, not just as a pastor, but as a Christian, as a follower 
of Jesus and my heart sunk. You see, that's not the commitment that Jesus is looking for. That's not a testimony. In fact, that's not a commitment at all. That's Christianity of convenience. Giving room to God when when He fits in. When it works in your schedule. But I believe that Jesus is calling us to follow Him out of conviction, not out of convenience. But how many of us find ourselves just doing this church thing, this religious thing, this Jesus thing, when it's convenient, when it's easy? In the book, All In, Pastor Mark Batterson said this, Anything less than the complete surrender of our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ is robbing God of the glory He demands and deserves. It's also cheating ourselves out of the eternal reward God has reserved for us. Anything less than complete surrender. What did Jesus say? If anyone wants to be my follower, you've got to make a choice today. Which is it going to be? Anything less than a complete surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, is robbing God of the glory He demands and deserves. See, our first step is there's got to be a a true desire. I would challenge you today, do a check of your life. Why am I here? Why do I pray? Why do I read the Bible? Why do I go to life group? Is there a true desire there? If not, what needs to change to bring you to that place of that hunger and that longing and that desire to follow Him? The Bible says those that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be what? Filled. If you're longing for something in your life, if you say, man, I just feel empty then check what it is that you're longing for. Check what it is that you're wanting in your life that you need to possess or to do. Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, in other words, those that have a wants, they will be filled. Our second step is this. Self-denial is a must. Self-denial is a must. If anyone wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. One translation says it this way, you must turn from your selfish ways. Have you ever been guilty of, of holding on to your selfish ways? Sure. I would venture to say that every one of us in this room have been guilty of holding on to our selfish ways. 
I want to share a story that's found in the Bible with you this morning. A story that, that many of us could relate to. In fact, more of us can relate to this story than we really wish to admit. It's a story of a young man. In fact, they call him the rich young ruler. He's not given a name. He is simply given an identity by his status and his position. He's the rich young ruler. I thought about that for a moment. I thought, how often are we guilty of letting our status or our position of this world define us rather than our relationship with Christ? The Bible says when you, when you give your life to Jesus, you're no longer the person that you once were. And for, in fact, that, that old person is now gone and the new person is alive. That old person that you used to be is now spiritually gone and this new life has been resurrected. And yet we still allow ourselves to be identified by the things of this world. One of the very first questions that we ask somebody is, hey, what do you do for a living? Wouldn't it be cool if one of the first questions that we ask is, hey, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Because that's our eternal identity. My identity as a pastor is only going to last the 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years that I'm on this earth. When I get to heaven, when I walk up to somebody and, I, and maybe I see um, John the Baptist and I'm like, hey, John, I'm Pastor Chris. He's going to be like, what's a pastor? My identity isn't found in what I do here. My identity is found in Christ. Take a look at what happens. In fact, I'm going to read it from uh, the book of Mark. Something transpires in the book of Mark. In fact, this is found in three of the Gospels, but I love how Mark shares this, this story. He shares a little bit more excitement than some of the other books says this in Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 17. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him. I mean, this is excitement. This is passion. This is a want. This is a longing. He came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good, but to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, you must not cheat anyone, honor your father and mother. And it's almost as if the rich young ruler is going, yeah, 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 because he goes, teacher, I've obeyed all of these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have the treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. What I see here is this rich young ruler appeared to have step one covered. He appeared to have 
the genuine desire. He appeared to have the want. He came running to Jesus. I don't know about you, but I only run when there's a passionate need. A bear. A tornado. Something's getting ready to smash me. I mean, these are reasons to run. But in this moment, this rich young ruler, he had a true desire to run. He ran to Jesus with a vitally important question. What I want us to see in this story is the fact that the rich young ruler had the initial want, but he failed to see the importance of self-denial. Let me say that again. He had the initial once, but he failed to see the importance of self-denial. He may have been one of the most religious people of his time. He obeyed every single commandment. He was doing nothing wrong. But here's what I've discovered. You can do nothing wrong and still do nothing right. Have you ever thought about that? You can do absolutely nothing wrong, yet still do nothing right. He wanted to be truly righteous, but he was satisfied with staying lukewarm. Not willing to go the full extent for the cause of Christ. Well, I followed all of these commands. I haven't killed anyone I've honored my parents. I don't speak falsely. I don't steal. I've honored every single commandment. But it's as if he looked to Jesus and said, but I'm just not willing to be on fire. I'm satisfied with just being lukewarm. I think what Jesus was actually getting to was not the fact that the man had too much money. But I think what Jesus was trying to do was pierce into the very hearts of this young man. He was trying to figure out what's going on deep inside. You see, he he looked the part on the exterior. He seemed to be a zealot. He seemed to be excited. He seemed to be passionate. But Jesus said, just for a moment, let's dig a little bit deeper. Let's go down beyond the surface and see what's happening on the inside. Because the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, wherever your treasure is, their desires of your heart will be also. Wherever... Your treasure is. This rich young ruler found his treasure in the possessions that he possessed. I ask you, where are your treasures? Because wherever you find your treasures, that's where your heart is. What are the distractions? What are the things that are keeping you from being on fire for the very God that loves you and gave His all for you? What are the things that are keeping you from being hot for the calling of God? 
Where is your treasure? What do you desire? Where is your heart taking you today? See, the time is now to decide, will you be hot or cold? Lukewarm will no longer cut it. See, there's coming a day, there's, there's coming a time when God will return. And when you stand before Him, what's it going to be? Hot or cold? Matthew chapter 7 says this, Not everyone who calls out to me, Jesus is speaking here by the way, not everyone who calls out to me, Jesus, Lord, Lord, will enter the king of he kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. In other words, only those that are hot. If you want to be my follower, if you possess that desire, if you have the want to do, only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On Judgment Day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We perform miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me. You who break God's law. Do you remember the great commandments? We talked about it last week. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Are we willing to be hot for the kingdom of God? You see, we've got to have the desire. We've got to deny ourselves and look to Him. And number three, it requires a daily decision. The latter portion of verse 23 of Luke 9, take up your cross daily. If you want to be my follower, you must deny yourself, take up your cross daily. That means that Monday morning, you have a choice to make. That means Friday nights, You've got a choice to make. When people are all around you, how will you respond? When you're all by yourself, what will you do? We have a daily choice. Choose today. What will you do? Jesus never told his followers that this encounter with him is to be a weekend gig. Yet I fear that that's what we've made it. We've made it into an hour and a half or an hour and 15 minute gig and then we put it back on the shelf and we go about our daily life and we come back the next Sunday and do it all again. But Jesus wants you on a daily basis. If you want to be my follower, take up your cross daily. He desires a relationship in which you hear and know his voice on a regular basis. In the book Primal, Mark Batterson says this, you cannot listen to just half of what the Holy Spirit has to say. I'm going to give you just a moment, let that sink in. You can't listen to just 
half of what the Holy Spirit has to say. It's a package deal. If you aren't willing to listen to everything he has to say, you won't hear anything he has to say. If you tune out the convicting voice, you won't hear the comforting voice or the guiding voice either. Yet isn't that what we try to do? I'll listen to the Holy Spirit here, but I'm not really wanting to listen to the Holy Spirit there. I'll heed the advice in this situation, but but in that situation, not so much. I want to do my own thing over there. And eventually, we've tuned him out so much that we, in essence, have turned a deaf ear to his leading, and therefore, we find ourselves running further and further and further away. One compromise, one deviation from his call, one ignoring the prompting, and soon we find ourselves in a place we never meant to go. And then we make statements like this, how did I get so far away? I thought I was lukewarm, but now I'm cold. Jeremiah 24 says this, serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today. Choose today who you will serve. Look at your neighbor and say, you have a choice to make. Look at the person on the other side and say, today, make that choice. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. It is vital that your walk with God is set to a daily choice. Daily saying yes to God. Daily following His lead. Daily choosing to serve him and him alone and finally step number four we must begin to move forward if anyone wants to be my follower must deny yourself you must take up your cross daily and follow me These are Jesus' words. If you want to be Jesus' follower, we must learn to follow Him. My pastor growing up used to make this statement. You will never, ever, 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 ever stay the same in your relationship with God. You either come closer or walk further away. You will never be the same. Oh, pastor, I'm the same as I was in 1973. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're either closer today or you're further away. Hot or cold. And here's the hard thing. There are times that it's difficult to follow because we don't always understand the direction he's taking us. But the good news is, your job isn't to understand, your job's to follow. 
He doesn't say, if you want to be my follower, deny yourself, take up your cross, understand it all, and go. In fact, the Bible says, don't lean on your own understanding. But acknowledge him, and he'll show you what to do. See, we can't comprehend the vastness of God. We can't comprehend all that he says and all that he desires. The Bible says that his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. We have a limited ability. It's our job to follow. Luke 9, 24. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. The rich young ruler came to this conclusion the hard way. He held so tightly to the desires of his heart. He held so tightly to the possessions of this world, which by the way, the Bible also says that the possessions of this world, the things of this world, will soon pass away. But the things of God are for eternal, our eternity will last forever. Fix your eyes upon those things. The rich young ruler walked away disappointed. Church, I want you to hear this carefully. Today is your day to choose. Is it always going to be easy? No. In the end, is it going to be worth it? Absolutely yes. I want to read a little excerpt out of the book All In. It says this, When did we start believing that God wants to send us safe places to do easy things. I think that started about the fall of 2018. Right? I mean, we're at that point that we're like, oh, it's got to be easy or I'm just not going to do it. When do we start believing that God wants to send us to safe places to do easy things? That faithfulness is holding the forts that playing it safe is safe, that there is any greater privilege than sacrifice. The radical is anything but normal. Jesus didn't die to keep us safe. He died to make us dangerous. Come on. Jesus didn't die on the cross to make us safe. He died to make us dangerous spiritually speaking. Faithfulness is not holding the fort. It's storming the gates of hell. The will of God is not an insurance plan. It's a daring plan. The complete surrender of your life to the cause of Christ isn't radical. It's normal. It's time to quit living as if the purpose of your life is to arrive safely at death. It's time to go all in and all out for the all and all.
It's time today to stop going through the motions. It's time to begin to make the list of the non-negotiables in your life. It's time to stop playing games. It's time to go all in, 100%. Turn it up to the top. asked me to be in charge of the pop stand at, at youth camp. I'd never done the pop stand. I'd been in there a lot because they have ice cream. And at about 10.30 at night, you can get a cheeseburger and fries. I'd been in there before, but I'd never been in charge of the pop stand. So I started asking a few questions. And there's a grill that cooks a bunch of burgers at once. And I said, hey, is this grill like a typical grill that's just kind of gradual? The more you turn it, the hotter it gets, or is it all or nothing? guy said it's all or nothing I said great we'll go in tonight we cranked it all the way up we're ready to go and it wasn't long until that place looked like Smokey Joe's Cafe there was smoke coming out every window we were all in we were all in I mean burgers got done faster than I've ever seen burgers get done we were pressing forward and I wonder are you willing to be that for the cause of Christ? All in. It may cause an emotion or a commotion. It may cause a few people to run your direction going, what is going on? I mean, I had, I had the, one of the camp workers run into the pop stand. He had just got notified. There's smoke coming out of the pop stand. He comes in, what's going on? I'm like, I just turned him up. all in are you willing to go the full extent for the cause of Christ or are you satisfied playing it safe what's it going to be Jesus said well many will call to me Lord Lord and he'll say I don't even know you you're just lukewarm just playing games. You were just looking the parts. But you weren't all in. It's time to make a choice. Choose you this day. Who's it going to be? Hot, 